Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode two of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Yellow Lead Better. I was like, what does this title mean? And, you know, we still don't really know all the way. I mean, we know. We know what the title means, but. Yeah, consequences of it are unclear. Much to discuss about this episode. But before we do, here's a quick ad. As always, I will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Knowing she needs to come to terms with the loss of Damon, Elena turns to Alaric to help her move on with her life. That's not coming to terms with it, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, but okay. Call it what you want. Enzo convinces Caroline to join him as he tracks down a lead to get Damon and Bonnie back. But Caroline is shocked when they make an unexpected detour and uncover what Stefan has been up to, aka nothing. Meanwhile, Matt worries about Jeremy, who is spending time with Sarah, a mysterious girl who has recently arrived in Mystic Falls. Elsewhere, Trip, leader of the Community Protection Program, makes an interesting confession to Matt about his connection to the town. Lastly, with the other side destroyed and gone for good, Damon and Bonnie reluctantly band together to uncover the mystery of where they are and how they are going to get back home. Much to figure out, much to figure out. And not everyone on the team is working hard enough at it. We've got two solid players. We need to get their ass into gear. We start the episode where we actually ended season five. Damon and Bonnie are about to be overtaken by the white light. And she says, do you think it'll hurt? And Damon says, I don't know. And they cut him off. But this time we go to immediately after that moment, the white light is gone and they appear to still be in the woods outside of Mystic Falls. Yeah, the same place where they were on the other side. But the lighting has changed a touch. It's not blue and hazy. So it's not the other side. And it's really quiet. So they're standing there because they're like, okay, that it? They're like, so did we die or what? And then they realize that they're holding hands, so they let go of each other's hands. Because Damon says, that got awkward fast. Yeah, because they're like, we're not really the type to hold hands anyway. Bonnie says, what happened? Where is everybody? They start walking, they're exploring, and they walk to the Mystic Falls Town Square. It is empty. So they're walking around, just like looking at what's up and about. And Damon says, well, I feel a fang, so I'm still a vampire. Either I'm a dead vampire or Mystic Falls is no longer magic free. So we know that the border is not there. That's one of our first clues. Mm-hmm. But then we see our second clue because Bonnie says, look, and the grill is there, distinctly not blown up. Yeah, that's pretty damning. Damon says, hmm, I definitely blew that up about an hour ago. And Bonnie says, why don't we see any people? If we were still on the other side, we should at least be able to see the living. Damon says, where the hell are we? And I don't mean geographically. And Bonnie says, I have no idea. Bonnie says, I don't know. I just got here too, babe. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm working with the same clues you are. Yeah. So we learn a lot more about where they are, but this is our first clue of where Damon and Bonnie have been. And we also see, I should clarify, this scene, we get a Chiron that tells us it was four months ago if we couldn't figure that out. Mm-hmm. So then we go to today, present time, at the Lockwood house. Matt calls out to Jeremy and Sarah is just walking around in her bra as if this is her house. Yeah, a little too comfortable. And she says, oh, Matt, sorry, I just needed a place to crash. Jer said it was cool. And Matt says, yeah, well, this isn't Jer's house. Yeah. And Jeremy says, well, it's not your house either. Mm, Let's see the deed. Uh, Whose name is on the deed, bitch? Roll out the deed, bitch. (laughs) Jeremy gets up from the couch. He is shirtless. And Sarah says, look, it's no big deal. Like, I can just take off. And Matt says, yeah, why don't you do that? Yeah, Matt says, like, please do, slut. Like, did I not make it clear enough that you should leave? She does go. She says, bye. Matt says to Jeremy, why would you bring her here? You shouldn't be anywhere near her. Not after what happened yesterday. 
yesterday Elena attacked her. And Jeremy says, Caroline compelled her to forget Elena attacked her, okay? It's not a big deal. Jeremy's like, it doesn't matter. She doesn't remember. And Matt's like, you're being way too cavalier with this compelling thing. I don't like it. Yeah. Matt says, not a big deal. (laughs) Right. I forgot. You don't care about anything. Then we go over to Savannah, Georgia, where Stefan's house is. Ivy is making breakfast. She's making it so intensely complicated, which is hysterical because one pan is just like fully scrambled eggs with a lid on. It's not that serious. She's got a whole pan of like sausage that she's like freaking out about. It's like, first of all, you're making way too much food. Yeah. Because guess what? He doesn't really need to eat human food. You're doing a lot of work for someone who pretty clearly is not super into you. You're using up all of his groceries completely unprompted. That sausage is going to last him a week. You're cooking it all up for one breakfast. Yeah. He's like, I was going to make lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not really breakfast sausage. <laughs> Stefan says, hey, what are you doing? And then she says, I thought it'd be nice to completely overstay my welcome. Sorry, I thought, never mind what I thought. He turns the stove off because he's like, you're burning shit. She can see his face. He's by no means thrilled by this. He has a look on his face like, I need you to leave. And he says, oh, no, I just wasn't really expecting you to still be here. That's all. And she says, right, because why should you expect someone you spent the night with to make assumptions about breakfast? I'm going to go. It's like, "Okay, girl, I know this is a little awkward, but last episode, she's like, I'm not proposing marriage. It's like, girl, you seem like you want to keep this casual. He clearly is not emotionally opening up to you. What makes you think he wants to have a sit down breakfast for you? All love. It's one thing if you like make a bagel. Because you're hungry before you leave. Yes. Like, you did have sex with him. You can take some of his food. But you don't need to make, like, seven eggs. He doesn't want him. He's not eating with you. He'll let you eat by yourself until you feel so awkward that you have to leave. Well, and you have to imagine, like, she is up there, like, in the morning. She's like, I'm going to go make breakfast. It would be normal to be like, hey, want breakfast? But she just clearly went down here and went rogue. Yeah. Like, she started making eggs and was like, okay, well, I don't know if he'll want this. So I'm going to make something else. I don't know if he'll want that. So I'm going to make something else. Why does she have every pan in the house out? Yeah. And then she leaves without cleaning it up. That, the way that woman would never be back in my house. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, no, don't go. And she says, no, I get it. Okay, I'm super into you and you are intermittently into me. Breakfast bad. Don't worry about it. Which, yeah, basically. Yeah, that, you got that's it, girl. The situation. <laughs> <laughs> he says, look, Ivy, why don't we have dinner tonight? Although I should probably do the cooking. He wants to have a girlfriend because he needs a distraction from the never-ending grief that plagues the rest of his life. It's all a distraction. But he doesn't want her around all the time because he does need a good, like, 12 hours a day to just, like, sit and be sad. And he can't have her there. Once the sun sets, he's like, I need company because once the sun sets, I'll get even more depressed. Yeah. So they smile. He says, I should probably do the cooking. Ha 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 ha. Because she doesn't know how to make eggs. (laughs) He's like, and I guess I'll do the grocery shopping too. Since you used up all my groceries. <laughs> we go over to Elena's dorm room. There's lots of photos of her and her friends, but a lot with Damon. She's packing up all the Damon-related items into a box, including a bunch of framed photos, the shirts she regularly smells, and a photo booth-like strip, where they're making such goofy faces. It's like, when did you guys have time for that? Like, when were you in this good of a mood and happened to run across a photo booth? And the answer we can all assume is when Stefan was drowning in a safe. Yeah. They were happy then. You'd think that would sour the photo a little bit, but I guess not. We see memories as she remembers them of them, you know, like making out and stuff. And she uses the photo strip as a bookmark in a journal that she also puts in there. 
So she has her Damon box all set. All her Damon memories are getting out of her room. She's like, great, I got a, I got this ready to hide. We go out to the Whitmore quad. Matt and Jeremy have commuted out for the day because Elena is talking to them about her big plan. She says, okay, well, the thing is, it's been four months and it's time for me to let go. And Jeremy says, so are you going to erase Bonnie from your head too? And Elena <laughs> says, no, because missing Bonnie makes me sad, but missing Damon makes me dangerous. Okay. Okay, I guess. Like, just deal with it. She's been through it, whatever. She says, Alaric will compel away any memories and then make me forget that I had him do it. I need you to keep the truth from me too. Tyler and Stefan are on board. Why are you all agreeing to this? Yeah, none of you should be agreeing to this. I was watching this. I was like, wait, Alaric said yes? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Number one, I mean, the buck should have stopped at Alaric because Alaric should have said like, you're going to regret doing that. I'm not going to be complicit in this, blah, blah, blah. I get why Stefan said yes, because he's like, yes, everybody give up hope. Yeah. He's like, so then I don't look like such a sad sack for doing it. Yeah. I even get why Tyler agreed, because he doesn't really have a horse in this race. He's like, I don't talk about Damon anyway, so it's not really going to change my life at all. I wouldn't bring Damon up in in general. And Matt says, what about Caroline? Which is a great question, because Caroline obviously shouldn't be in support of this. But Elena says, somehow I doubt she'll take much convincing. Even though Elena is like hell bent on misunderstanding Caroline's concern for her at every turn. Like Caroline is not like, I hate Damon, so you shouldn't date him. Caroline is concerned like, these are the things you value, Elena. Damon doesn't seem from my perspective to value them. She's not like been anti-Damon for no reason. Yeah, she's had concerns that she's brought up. And your only response has been, well, that's not true. And she's like, okay, well, that's not really calming my concerns at all. So I'm just going to keep your best interests at heart by bringing this up to you. But for the most part, Caroline and Damon don't have many issues anymore. And yeah, Caroline's kind of A, accepted their relationship. And B, she's pretty supportive of it as she's seen them together. So it's like, at this point, Elena, why do you think Caroline hates Damon so much? Because Elena really thinks she's better than everybody. She wants to be a Caroline hater so bad. We go over to the diner where Caroline's been hanging out. Caroline is there with Alaric, and she says, you said Stefan was looking for a way to bring Bonnie and Damon back. And Alaric says, I thought he was. I have been feeding him leads for months. He let me believe he was following them. Alaric's like, I sent him leads. I didn't know I was sending leads to where they go to die. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline says, well, I've been focused on magic bubble duty. And as you can see by the lack of magic in Mystic Falls, it's a spectacular fail of a mission. And now you're telling me this whole time, no one has been doing anything to help Bonnie and Damon. Alaric says, well, I wouldn't exactly say no one. We hear some rock music, so we know someone sexy's coming. We go over to a hotel, into a coat check room, and we see our boy Enzo. Love him. I know. Thank God he's back. We didn't have him last episode. We missed him dearly. He's making out with a woman in the coat check. She's a witch, we find out. He says, like, oh, please, like, give me a hint. And she says, I don't know anything. And he says, you witches are so secretive. Lucky for me, I am quite gifted at unraveling the truth. And he does so by kissing and being sexy. I mean, it works. There's not a secret I would keep from him, I tell you what. And it works on this witch, too. She says, okay. So (laughs) she says, okay, bluff called. Yeah, she says, so there's this coven in Oregon. They found a way to communicate with their ancestors on the other side before it went away. Maybe they know what happened to your friends. They call themselves the Gemini Coven. They're small and weird, and they don't like outsiders. You had a guess about the Gemini Coven. I mean, we have to bring up the possibility that this is Liv and Luke's coven. And what makes you think that? Well, Gemini, twins. But also Liv and Luke are giving, like, indie 
Pacific Northwest vibes in a way. They're giving Oregon vibes. Yeah. But it's more the Gemini thing. It's, I would say, 95% the Gemini thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which makes me think the coven is like a bunch of twins. I think that's a fair assumption. Enzo says, so you did know something. And she says, I just wanted you to work for it. They kiss some more. But Caroline's there. She says, ahem. (laughs) She says, no, I'm not fucking doing this again, okay? I've had the little sexy do whatever you want partner. Like, we're moving today. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't handle this anymore. You're my only option for a teammate at this point. So, look, I'm sorry. If this had been four months ago, sure, dilly-dally here. But I just found out I'm the only one who's been doing any work. So, unfortunately, I'm now on a bit of a clock. No dillying, no dallying. Enzo says, there's a blast from the past. Hello, gorgeous. Enzo and Caroline, bestie era incoming. Then we go over to Alaric's office. We haven't seen his office at Whitmore yet. It has a lot on the walls. I mean, I would live there. That's my kind of wall decor. Yeah, it is like everything. He is. He said, I'm the occult professor and people will not visit me unless they really want to talk to me. He got rid of all those stupid candles that were all over Shane's office. Yeah. He was, he was scratching wax off of surfaces for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Shane left a mess in there. Yeah. Elena says, talk me through it again. And Alex says, I raided the psychology department's research library. In a nutshell, we'll be using a combination of hypnotherapy and memory reprocessing techniques. It's like, okay, Dr. Freud, why are we being so serious? It's like, okay, I thought you were compelling her. (laughs) He does compel her then and says, the more we talk, the more you'll relax and open your mind to me. We're going to be searching through memories that are deeply embedded. Each significant memory that we hit, which is connected to Damon, I will help you modify. And this should eventually lead us to the signature memory, which once erased, will create a positive domino effect through all your other memories. To which I say, sure. It's cool to just make stuff up. Yeah, I love I'm I'm good with it. I love fiction. (laughs) She says what you asked. Can't you just compel me to forget everything all at once and we can go get a beer? Because that's what I would have done. But I also understand that as a writer of this episode, that is not very dramatically interesting. Yeah. For him to be like, forget about Damon and her to be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Damon who? Yeah, well, I think it does give us some time to like, well, maybe she won't forget David. Maybe she just can't forget him. Yeah. Maybe their love is stronger than compulsion. Yeah. And the audience were kind of all like, well, this is a dumb idea on her part. Like, maybe it won't work. Yeah. And the audience were kind of like, why is Rick allowing this? I don't know. My whole thing, and I'll say it through the whole episode, I'm sure. I get this in theory if it had been like a year and there was no leads. It's only been four months. Yeah. Like, that's not so long that it makes sense to give up hope all the way. I do think that Alaric needs should have sat down with her and said, I see why you want to do that. Let's give it a year. Because you yeah. need to try to work through this on your own because you will regret not working through it. Yeah. We shouldn't jump right to this. I know you think four months has been forever because you're in grief. Let's not go from drug addiction to completely erasing your memories. Let's find something a little bit more normal and you know even drug addiction normal reaction in a way yeah granted maybe don't pick a drug that makes you want to kill people bad choice of drug jeremy had it right with the weed i fear yeah (laughs) alaric explains that he can't compel everything because he says i'm supernaturally rewiring three years of memories if it were that easy i wouldn't be so terrified sure we can understand that like there's so many memories they're deeply embedded that you kind of have to back into it 
Yeah, and he overlaps with a lot of other people in her yeah. brain. Like, eventually you look back and you're like, who's that guy? Why is he in so many memories if I can't remember him specifically? It just, I get that. And to which I say, maybe that should tell us that it's a bad idea to do this. Not yeah. let's figure out a psychological workaround, Alaric. Or say, we need a psychological workaround. Give me a month to figure it out. Yeah. She said, well, what if I told you that in a month I'm going to kill myself? <laughs> okay, then then we'll set a date. And if I don't have it by then, you can kill yourself. Call her bluff. Yeah. <laughs> he compels her. He says, I have some questions. Answer them honestly. She says, I will answer everything honestly. She lies. She lies. <laughs> <laughs> he says, do you have any doubts about this? And she says, yes, but I know I have to do this. So do you have doubts or not? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do this. No one is making you. This is one of the things that you certainly don't have to do. I mean, <laughs> you say you have to do a lot of things. I would say this is one of the least have to do. Yeah. Literally, you're making it up on the spot because no one does this. Yeah. He says, are you afraid? And she says, more sad than afraid because I don't want to stop loving him. And he says, do you trust me to be digging around in your mind? She says, I trust you completely. He says, great. Let's get started. Who was Damon Salvatore? And she says, that's my boyfriend. I loved him and he died. Alaric says, when did you first meet him? She says, in high school. We see the flashback. We know this scene. It's when they meet on the side of the road. When she's about to break up with Matt, she said, who is that Hawkeye in the leather jacket? Yeah, right before her pants tragically died. Yeah, before she flew off a bridge. Alaric says, what was he like? And Elena says, there was something different about him. Dangerous, but not in a way that scared me. He was exciting. I mean, anyone's exciting when you're dating Matt, but... Yeah, this was just a guy on the road in a leather jacket. I mean, the bar was low. (laughs) Alaric says, how do you make you feel? And she says, like anything was possible. And then Alaric compels her. He says, actually, you had a nice moment on the road with a stranger, but that's all he was, a stranger. And Elena says, a stranger, two people passing in the night. And he's like, well, I didn't ask you to add that last bit. Yeah, but (laughs) he says, are you okay? And she says, yeah, let's keep going. We go over to Damon and Bonnie land. I'll refer to it as 90s Mystic Falls for now, since that's what we know about it at this point. It seems that we don't have a name for it. We certainly don't. Uh, We may never get one. Damon says, how many more streets are we going to wander? And she says, how many times are you going to ask me questions I don't have answers to? And then she notices something is a little bit off. And she says, there's something weird about these cars. And Damon says, yeah. They're almost all 20 years old or more, and yet they look brand new. Then they look to their right, and what is there but the Gilbert house? You know, which famously burned to bits. Yeah. Damon says, that is Elena's not-so-burnt-to-a-crisp house. Also worth noticing, there's a ton of toys in the front yard, as if little kids live there. Yeah. But what else is in the yard? A newspaper. So Damon picks it up because he's seen Groundhog Day. I assume there's a newspaper in Groundhog Day. (laughs) Well, but a newspaper is the fastest way to find a date if you don't know when you are. And clearly at this point, there's some question about what the time period is, A, because of the cars and B, because of the Gilbert house. And a newspaper is the quickest way to discover the date, especially when there's no one on the street that you can turn to and say, Mr., what year is it? (laughs) So he looks at the newspaper and he shows it to Bonnie and he says, look, she sees a headline that says, rare solar eclipse expected to be seen across 12 states. And he says, no, look at the date, you dumb fuck. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do we know Elena's birthday? It is not May 10th, 1994. I can tell you that for sure. The toys were already there, so I thought no, but I just had to float the possibility. Bonnie reads the date. She says, May 10th, 1994. That's impossible. Of course, it is possible because they're here. 
What do you think? Someone planted a fake newspaper? Come on. I mean, there's someone else there. They could have. The solar eclipse happens. And Damon says, I don't think we should be asking where we are. We should be asking when we are. Okay, Doctor Who. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, Marty McFly. We go back to Alaric's office. And Alaric says, tell me about this moment. And it's the flashback to they're on the porch of the house. And Damon says, if I'm going to feel guilty about something, it'll be this. And then he kisses her. I always get this scene confused with when he kisses Catherine. Me too. So I was watching this. I was like, wasn't that Catherine? But her hair is straight. So, you know, it's yeah, like exactly. Elena says, he kissed me. I mean, I shouldn't have let him. I knew he was in love with me. And even though Stefan and I were on the outs, I shouldn't have let him. So Alert compels her. He says, he kissed you. You thought it was inappropriate. You told him so. Alert gets right to the point with these. He's like, I don't need to hear the whole memory. I've got enough to fix it. <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, I've got a spin for that one. Elena says, I told him it was wrong. And Alert says, okay, who was Damon Salvatore? And she says, my boyfriend. <laughs> I loved him and he died. And Alert says, you know what? Why don't we take a little break? I could use a drink. We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Damon is sitting on the Gilbert porch swing. Bonnie's on the porch. Damon says, I wonder if there's any booze in this empty retroville. Probably. Was there booze in 1994? <laughs> yeah. Bonnie says, it feels so weird to be back here. I practically grew up on this porch. And Damon says, okay, get to the point. Talk me through what you're thinking. And she says, okay. Before the other side collapsed, my Graham said that she made a sacrifice so I could find peace. Now, granted, she didn't say you could find peace. She said she was going to take care of you. You'd be safe. Yeah, but. Damon says, get to the part where you actually have a theory. She's like, I let me say more than one sentence at a time. Yeah. Like, I'm getting there. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just providing you the necessary exposition. Yeah. She says, well, this clearly isn't peace. Otherwise, I wouldn't be stuck here with you. And he says, rude. Bonnie says, she must have sent me somewhere. And when I held your hand, I took you with me. I, I followed the same logic. He says, well, did she happen to whisper a safe word in her last breaths? A clue, maybe a witchy path out of here. And Bonnie says, no. But if we got here by magic, magic should be able to get us out. And she like smiles a little bit. And he says, OK, that frown that's not upside down is telling me what? He is so impatient. Yeah. Can you let her think? You have plenty of time. I promise you that. <laughs> there is no rush here. <laughs> she looks at a candle. She says, Phasmatos incendia, but it does not light. And Damon says, great, still can't do magic. Awesome. We go over to Whitmore. Elena is on the phone with Caroline. Elena says, you're the last person I'd think would object to me erasing positive memories of Damon from my head. Again, major misread of her concerns about Damon and her yeah. friendship with you. Yeah, sorry Caroline cares about your feelings. I know that's so offensive to you since you clearly hate her ass. Yeah, and I'm so sorry. And like, you know, I know we're all past this, but I'm so sorry Caroline had hesitations about you dating a guy who killed your brother. Who was also your boyfriend's brother. Like, those hesitations didn't come from nowhere. Let's not act like Caroline was just being judgmental for being judgmental's sake. Like, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of issues. She had reasons. <laughs> Caroline says, we are literally chasing a lead. If What if we find something out? What if Damon returns home and everything returns back to normal and you're just sitting there confused and weird? Great point. Fantastic point, Caroline. Thank you. Elena says, then Alaric will bring back my memories. That seems, considering how complex it is to get rid of the memories, that seems like an oversimplification. I was going to say, do you think it is really that simple that he can just say, oh, please remember Damon now? What, he's going to go go to the signature memory and change it back and like, the dominoes are going to stand back up. Yeah. Like, come on. It just seems a little like wishful thinking. Yeah. It seems like you don't understand how po how 
permanent compulsion is. And it seems like you don't even understand psychology either, which makes sense because Alaric's not a psychology professor. Yeah. And she skipped all her classes to do this today. So so she's not learning <laughs> shit. Elena says, go ahead, Caroline, just say what you need to say. I don't want to pressure you into agreeing. Even though she literally already started doing it. Even though she's literally like, I don't know why you wouldn't be on my side with this. Yeah. It's like, I thought you would agree, but I'm not going to pressure you. Caroline says, I don't know what to say. I was actually just trying to think of what Bonnie would say. And she'd say that you should do what's best for you. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, girl. I'm not sure Bonnie would say that. I do think Bonnie would say like, look, I want you to do what's best for you, but but I don't think this is it. I think Bonnie would be the one saying, you know, I get why you want to do this. And if you think this is best for you, like I'm obviously not going to stop you, but I do think you should think about like waiting to do this, like give it a little time. I find it odd that like no one was more, you know, against this. I do think the only person right now who, is against this who would be is Caroline. And clearly at this point, she's outnumbered. Everyone else has agreed to it. Yeah. But I do feel like had Stefan not given up on Damon, Stefan would be like, no, you can't do that. People are fucked up from this one. It's like, haven't you guys learned how to deal with death yet? Especially Elena. Shouldn't y'all be good at this by now? Yeah. Shouldn't y'all have a couple tricks up your sleeves? Yeah. Elena says, look, I think it's great that you still have hope, but for my own survival, I need to let him go. And Caroline says, okay, well, go on with your what would Bonnie Bennett do plan. I'll make bumper stickers. And it is like, whether she should believe this or not, Caroline does believe that there's a pretty easy undo button here. So it's just not worth the struggle. She's got her own needs to chase. Well, yeah, she's busy actually fixing things. And so she's like, you know what? I'm not going to have this conversation. Like, I have stuff to do today. She's like, all the more important to just get Damon back. Yeah. And then we can just deal with this faster. I don't have to have this conversation again, ever. Yeah. Elena says, I love you. Caroline says, I love you too. And they hang up. And we then see that Enzo is sitting shotgun and Enzo says, girl bonding. Very sweet. He's like, so we're all friends now, huh? Yeah, he says, so I'm kind of <laughs> in the group, right? He says, so I heard you dropped out of school. And she says, and I heard you were a lurker spying on my life. When do we exit? <laughs> Besties. Um, Enzo says, we'll exit soon. You know, you should reconsider. Looks can only get a girl so far these days. She says, why well, I have really good looks. <laughs> so I can get pretty fair on mine. She says, well, I'm not taking feminist tips from the guy who used his tongue to get secrets out of a coat check girl. And he says, garment attendant. She says, you just made that up. This humor, I think, is mostly past us. But in those early to late 2010s, the humor of like secretaries or administrative assistants now, it's like, OK. <laughs> when it was like, sometimes it would be a joke and sometimes it would be like, no, you need to call them that. And it was yeah. like, OK, I. I think the title is not necessarily the issue with the way those people are treated, but yeah, I think the real problem with the secretary thing is that sometimes men call a woman their secretary and then they treat them like they're made. Yeah. When they're really their administrative assistant. It's really just to trick men. Yeah. <laughs> I still found him cute when he did it. Because Enzo was tongue in cheek about it. Enzo's hot and sexy, so I'll let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> Caroline says, so did you also make up the Gemini coven lead? Because I've never heard of them. Who are they? None of these people remember that they know twins. Yeah. (laughs) You know two witches who are twins. I need you guys to connect the dots. Like, I'm sorry. That was my immediate thought. And again, I'm not saying- not confirming I'm not saying that this is their coven, but I am saying that Gemini implies twins. You know witches who are twins. It'd be foolish to not at least ask. Yeah. You're not saying it's definitely the case, but it is a question you should be- 
it is like a, a connection you guys should be immediately clocking. Clearly, the writers are dropping a clue that we are meant to connect to that. Whether it is a red herring or not remains to be seen. Yeah. But I do think it's worth clocking. But again, Caroline's doing everything here with a little bit of help from Alaric and Enzo, of course, kinging. It's a lot of information for the three of them to deal with, especially when Caroline is dealing with 75% of it. Yeah. Enzo says, I have no idea who they are. That's not where we're headed. He's like, that's not today's thing. And Caroline says, where are we going? And Enzo says, you'll see. He has got a tricky, tricky day up his sleeve. He is giggle giggling in the front seat. (laughs) He's like, I can't wait for her to see where we end up. He said, Siri, take me to Savannah, Georgia. We go over to Stefan's house. He's chopping a bunch of veggies. He's cooking with wine. It's a little bit unclear what he's making because he's cooking up zucchini, squash, carrots. maybe mushrooms, carrots. I think celery even. There I are some bell peppers that. there too. It's unclear what he's making. And again, the wine really throws it off. So maybe like a, a sort of ratatouille inspired pasta. That was my thought process, but or maybe pasta primavera, but that's a lot of it's another case of, you know, you don't put everything in the pan, right? Yeah. <laughs> and again, if I were Ivy and I come over and this man's just putting that many vegetables in a pan, it's like, so you're just using up the vegetables in your fridge. Like you didn't buy anything for this. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't plan a meal at all. There's literally a brown spot on this zucchini. He's like, well, you used all my sausage. He's like, well, I would have made bolognese, but you ate all the sausage this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be a lesson. <laughs> he has a blood bag taped to the back of his vegetable drawer. So he takes that out and sips. And then he puts it back because he hears the door and it's Ivy. Ivy comes in. They both say, hey. And he says, oh my God, perfect timing, Ivy. I was just, and she says, hey, so I ran into some of your friends. And he says, what? But look on his face because he's like, I don't have any fucking friends. He is in panic because he knows best case scenario, the person who's here is Caroline. And he doesn't even want to face her particularly. I think to him, the best case scenario is like Alaric. Or maybe Elena because he knows she's going to, you know, give up. I think he's scared to face Caroline and he certainly does not want to face Enzo. Yeah. I know he was terrified when he saw that man walk in the door. Enzo is about his worst case scenario. I think this specific combination is his worst case scenario. Yeah. Like if it were Caroline and Elena, he would swallow Caroline easier. If it were Caroline and Alaric, he'd swallow Caroline easier. If it were Enzo and Alaric, it could be like, okay, Alaric's going to rein Enzo back. These two. No one's reining anybody in. Nor should they. They're pissed. Got to face your life here, Stefan. Ivy says, here's where I ran into them. And Caroline and Enzo come in. And Enzo says, Stefan, you are a hard man to track down. I wasn't sure if your new friend would invite us in, but she said, this is your place. So an open invitation to all your mates, right? Got any bourbon? He's like, isn't this great? I didn't even need to be invited in. You're so fucking stupid. He's like, you couldn't (laughs) even take someone else's house? Are you an idiot? You really thought I couldn't get to Savannah, Georgia? Yeah. Caroline glares at Stefan. If looks could kill. In her mind at this point, she's like, why hasn't he answered any of my voicemails? He's been listening to them and not responding, which is yeah. awful. Yeah. It's going to get worse, girl. So they sit down for dinner. Enzo says, good stuff, mate. He doesn't comment what he's eating, but he says it's good. We know if Stefan canonically can cook. Yeah. Ivy says, so how do you guys know Stefan? And Caroline says, well, he and I went to high school together. He used to date my best friend. Not that he's not allowed to date. I mean, they broke up. I just didn't realize he had met someone. Because she wants to date him, but she's trying to be casual. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck is he doing sitting here with a girlfriend? So he's not doing any work, Annie, as a girlfriend? What was the point of all this? Yeah. Caroline says, so how did you two meet exactly? And Stefan says, "Mm, Ivy's car was in the shop where I work. And Caroline says, you work in an auto repair shop? Caroline and Enzo are both like, what the hell? 
Like, why do you have a job? Yeah. Stefan says, it's relaxing. Ivy says, why? What did you used to do? And Enzo says, oh, man of all seasons, jack of all trades. <laughs> and he turns to Ivy and says, you have a lovely clavicle. And she says, thank you. She's like, I guess. And Enzo says, forgive me. I always notice a woman's neck. I'm a neck person. So Stefan, right, Stefan? If someone said that to me, I'd be like, so you're a vampire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've seen Twilight. <laughs> what do you mean neck person? <laughs> Stefan says, mm, I'm not really a neck person anymore. And if I'm dating a guy and he's like, I'm not a neck person anymore, he's like, what the fuck is up with my neck? That he, yeah, I, I turned him off necks. <laughs> yeah. If he was into necks, what's his thing now? Fucking yeah. forearms? Enzo says, that's so silly. You can't just stop being a neck person. Enzo is being so silly. It is literally Stefan's worst nightmare. This is worse than Damon. Yeah, Damon <laughs> wouldn't even be this annoying. <laughs> Ivy turns to Caroline and says, so, like, is Enzo your boyfriend? Because I don't know who he is. He clearly didn't go to high school here. Yeah, she's like, clearly they don't really like each other. So I'm confused about this dynamic for sure. Yeah. And Caroline says, oh, God, no. Would you date that? And Enzo says, I'm right here. I have super sensitive hearing, practically supernatural. Do you believe in the supernatural, Ivy? It's just firing him off. She can't follow this because she's like, what? She says, I guess I never really thought about it. And Enzo says, well, me, I'm a believer. I had to get a witch to do a locator spell to find my buddy here. There's a pause, but then everybody laughs. Ivy clearly doesn't get the joke because it's not a joke. Yeah, she like kind of laughs, but you can tell she's like, what is the vibe here? Because also like, Keep in mind, Stefan has told her nothing about himself. At this point, it seems like she's learning a shit ton about him, but none of it is making any sense. If I were Ivy at this point, I would honestly think that he's like in witness protection. Oh. Or that he's like a CIA agent because the way they talk about like investigative work and I don't know any of his friends, I'd be like, I think he's like undercover. I would be so convinced that I somehow fell in love with like a spy. Because you'd be like, well, that's why he can't tell tell me anything. I'd be like, oh, it's not that he doesn't like me. He's a spy. See, I feel like at this point, I'd be like, you guys can catch up. I'm going to go. Like, I would not stay here. Oh, yeah. I do think I'd leave because, A, even if I do think he's a spy, the last thing I want to get involved with is government secrets. I got to go. You don't want to deal with his clearly his boss over there the hotch of the situation yeah because then you'll get in trouble this like british guy who clearly like works for the nsa or some shit clearly works for interpol yeah yeah he works for interpol the hot blonde is like an fbi agent he's in the cia like me i would be like i don't know what you guys are doing like if you're trying to uncover something but i don't want to be involved in this i don't i promise i don't know anything i'd be like i am just a girl who thought this guy was hot i promise like, I, I won't give you any trouble. I won't tell anyone. I'm just going to go. I would be so convinced he's a spy. <laughs> See, I don't think I would m- jump to that conclusion. I think I'd just be like, wow, this guy, like, really just wanted to go off the grid. And, like, these friends hunted him down. But why would you think he wanted to go off the grid? What would you be your thought if you're in Ivy's shoes? I don't know. I'd be, I'm trying to think what I would put together from this. I would start getting nervous about him because I'd be like, clearly he's hiding something from yeah. me. Because it seems, to, it would seem to me that he ran away from from these people specifically. Well, and it would seem to me, the only other clue I have is that he used to date this girl's best friend. And now I'm thinking that girl died in a mysterious circumstance. <laughs> and he might have he might have been involved. And, and he's definitely a suspect. They like went on a boat together and she didn't come back. And he left town right after that. Yeah, and he insists that like, no, she just fell and drowned. I did everything I could to save her. But like, they don't really buy it. The guy from Interpol. Yeah. <laughs> but there are like scratches on the boat. Yeah. 
<laughs> there was skin cells under his fingernails. Yeah. Either way, I'm leaving this dinner. I can go get McDonald's. See, and frankly, I think I would have left before the investigative work lead even got dropped. I would have left at this point. So I think I would have nothing. Like, I just, especially because after this morning where he clearly didn't want me at breakfast. Yeah. And then I come to dinner and two of his friends who seemingly hate him are there. No, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not doing this for you. Like, if you want a girlfriend to be here for you, you do have to be nicer to me. I'd be like, okay, well, back to Tinder. (laughs) Yeah. Well, time to try a different auto shop, I guess. Guess I can't go to that mechanic again. I'm going to go get my oil changed tomorrow. (laughs) We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Damon is making pancakes. And he is listening to the song, What a Man. uh, And he's drinking bourbon. So he's having a good morning. This this looks like Saturday morning to me. Bonnie comes in. She's got a teddy bear. And she says, I didn't know you cooked. And he says, I don't. How'd you sleep? Me? Not good. My 1994 mattress, very lumpy. And then he says, what's that? The teddy bear. And she says, Miss Cuddles, I lost her when I was nine, but I went to my house last night and there she was. And he says, also, I found this at my grandma's house, her old grimoire. Damon holds up his bottle of bourbon and he says, well, I found this. I drank it last year when Rick died. He says, we all found something good today. We all had a good morning. Uh, He goes to switch out the CD. And Bonnie says, so. We're in this snapshot of another time or something. Everything that existed in 1994 still exists. He grabs another CD and says, for better or worse. She says, listen, there was a time when I couldn't practice magic. This grimoire taught me a lot. Maybe I can reteach myself. Damon says, if you're still a witch, which with our luck and your skill, probably ain't the case. And she says, you know, would a little support kill you? She's like, you know, at least I'm trying something. I don't really want to be stuck here forever. Yeah, number one. I have a better chance of learning magic than you do. So why don't you shut your mouth? Yeah. Damon says, you know, I'm acutely aware that we are in some otherworldly time dimension. However, did you ever think for one second that maybe it's you being negative, reacting to my natural self negatively? She says, you're ridiculous because that sentence doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even reading it, I'm not sure I wrote it right or understand it. (laughs) Damon says, no, I'm consistent. Eat your pancakes. And you can do a crossword puzzle. He hands her the newspaper. She says, thanks. Breakfast with my least favorite person in a crossword puzzle from 1994. And she looks at it and she says, what's a seven letter word for? And then the eclipse happens again. And it's like, well, that's weird. And Damon <laughs> says, you've got to be kidding me. And he says, Bonnie, look at the date on that paper. And she says, May 10th, 1994. Same day as yesterday. We're living the same day all over again. So we're in sort of a Groundhog Day scenario at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Damon says, well, that proves it. We're in hell, my own personal custom built hell, and you're in it with me. Bottoms up. What do you think drives Damon to say this? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. It's clearly something to do with this specific day. But now he's saying it's his own personal hell. See, I didn't make that connection at all. I mean, I kind of was like, oh, he's just stuck in one day forever. But clearly this day must have meant something. Clearly the fact that it's this day confirms his suspicion that he had yesterday when it was this day for the first time. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I'll point out about this day is that it's a day of an eclipse, you know, a big celestial event. We know these big celestial events like a comet passing are big sources of magic. So it would make sense that if Sheila was going to send them somewhere, that it would be on a day that has like this big magic potential, something that she could channel to get out or something that is being channeled to kind of hold this place together. That's a good point. Do you have any suspicions about why this day is Damon's personal hell? Do you think it has something to do with the location, the eclipse, or do you think it's something else? I think the eclipse must be a sign of what day it is 
and this day must have meaning. I think the location is less crucial because they're in the Salvatore house. So if there was a big issue at the Salvatore house, you would think he would want to avoid that place. But I guess it is his home. So maybe whatever the issue was doesn't reach the house. But how would he know that? What issue? I don't know. Whatever issue he's connecting to this day that makes him think it's hell. What are your theories about what issue he's connected to this day? Do you think it's something that was done to him? Something he did? I think I think it was something that was done to him. Okay. More likely than not. And I think it may have to do with, you know, when we start the show, neither Stephen or Damon had been back in Mystic Falls for some time. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was the last time he was back there before the start of the show. Who do you think was here at that time? Another uncle. Do you think it's finally the return of your boyfriend, Uncle Zach? No, I mean, I think he's... Well, (laughs) he could have been there, I guess, in 1994. We don't know what age he really was, or if he was always living here. Or if there's another Salvatore who we just don't know about. Yeah, there could be other Salvatores that we don't know about. And I was thinking about this recently. Um, I know throughout the show, we don't really get any insight into Stefan and Damon's mother, and I think we're meant to assume she's dead. She died of consumption, we were told before. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, because an actress tragically passed away recently who played their mom. Interesting. I saw that news. So I just have to throw out her possibility of floating around somehow. So do you think she maybe is involved with, A, what happened on this day? Or do you think she might be involved in this world somehow? I think potentially what happened on this day. I don't know how that makes sense because we're assuming she's dead, but I'm just throwing out the possibility. I mean, we've assumed people have been dead many times. They haven't been dead. I mean, consumption's a pretty like vague illness. Yeah. Do you think their mother is alive? Uh... It's a yes or no question. (laughs) I want to say yes, but I don't feel confident about it. Okay. So I'm going to lean yes. Okay. Do you think we'll ever meet her? I do. Whether it's in the past or in the present day. Because again, I, this news about this actress, I'm, I'm not really guessing this by myself. I'm using some clues I've gathered. But I do think there's some Salvatore family connection, I'm thinking this day, whether it's her or young Uncle Zach or some other person, because we know this house, you know, changed hands over the years. Mm-hmm. We don't know when Uncle Zach moved into this house. Exactly. So there's a possibility that it has been, you know, there's some different person who had it. And we have to remember this house was for many years a boarding house. Mm -hmm. We have to assume it wasn't in the 90s, though, because of the last uncle that died in the 50s. Where do you gather that? Because it was just that uncle there then. So why would they be a boarding house? No, it was a boarding house then, I think. Oh. Because remember when we met that girl Tiki at the car wash and we met her grandpa? And he referred to it as the boarding house in the 50s. So I think it was a boarding house then. Maybe. Don't quote me, though. So who knows? Well, then maybe he killed a bunch of people in the board. Well, no, the boarding house probably was there in the 90s is my thought. But you're coming up with that kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I guess maybe Damon put an end to the boarding house. Yeah. <laughs> like, say that. You know what? We're not going to get any more borders. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Either way, I think it was some negative event in Damon's life. Something to do with his family. Okay. I didn't even think about that until you asked this question. I know. I could tell you didn't think about it. <laughs> we go over to the Lockwood house. Jeremy is drinking alcohol, and Matt says it's a little early for that, don't you think? Jeremy says it's dark out. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it's dark, I mean, to be fair, Jeremy was probably drinking before it got dark, but... Matt says, I meant in life. He says, where's Sarah? And Jeremy says, I don't know, I'm not her keeper. Matt says, okay, well, I'm going to go for a jog. And he goes, and Jeremy drinks, and then Sarah comes in and says, you guys don't like each other much, do you? 
And Jeremy says, he's trying to give me purpose. And Sarah says, why didn't you tell him I was still here? And Jeremy says, didn't feel like it. Girl, don't you want to leave? Isn't this weird for you? Don't you have somewhere else to be? I guess maybe not. We'll discuss that later. I think she does. We go out to the road. Matt is jogging. And who pulls up but a good friend, Trip driving a Jeep? And I said, of course he's driving a Jeep. Yeah. He says, hey, five miles with the group this morning wasn't enough for you. Matt says, Trip, hey, I was just blowing off some steam. Like, what's up? And Trip says, hey, that girl from yesterday, the one with the animal bite, you know where she ended up? Now, Matt should be, you know, a little suspicious about why he's asking all these questions, but Matt's too dumb. Yeah. Matt says, yeah, my house. Not sure how that happened. And Trip says, is she there now? And Matt <laughs> says, no, she split. Why? And Trip says, well, I have some deputy buddies over at the station. Okay, A cab, why are you guys talking to this rando? <laughs> he says, one of them said that the sheriff ran her plates and the car came up stolen. And Matt says, you're kidding. And Trip says, look, I know I can be paranoid, but if there's a bad element running through town, I want to keep tabs on it. So let me know if she shows up at your place. Mind you, he wants to keep tab on this on a volunteer basis. Yeah, the deputies already have this information. And I think the bad element you're concerned about, Trip, uh, I think you're safe from that, considering she's still alive in the confines of the town. Yeah. <laughs> Matt says, I'll keep you posted, and Trip goes. We go back over to Rick's office, where we're back in the throes of Delena flashbacks. Elena says, it was the Miss Mystic Falls pageant. Stefan was supposed to be my escort, but he bailed on me. Bailed? That's a big oversimplification of what happened, Queen. He was going through something. <laughs> Elena, that day was not all about you. It was actually yeah. all about Caroline. If you we know, want to get the technical. winner of the pageant. Elena, it certainly wasn't all about you because you didn't even care about that pageant until like the day before. To this day, I'm like so thrilled that Caroline won that pageant. I was so scared watching that episode. Yeah. That was the most scared I've been the whole show. <laughs> even more scared than when Jeremy died. <laughs> yeah. Elena says Damon stepped in. We see the flashback. We know this well. Who among us has not turned on a YouTube video of this clip after a few too many glasses of wine? I know I have. <laughs> I have and I will. I have and I cover up the recommended video side. Because <laughs> I am scared to spoil something. <laughs> Elena says he saved me from being embarrassed in front of everyone. Yeah, clearly that was the m biggest issue that day. You being embarrassed. Not Stefan almost killing a girl. Yeah. Not to be a Stefan apologist, but... <laughs> but that's all you do. But that's me. <laughs> Elena says, he took my arm and led me out with the rest of the girls and all their dates, and we danced. I remember that was the first time I felt it. And Rick says, felt what? And she says, how sexy he was. Me too, girl. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck were you feeling the rest of the season, girl? Why did yeah. it take you that long? Why did it take you 18 episodes to see how sexy he was? Girl, I saw it episode one. It's not in the pilot. I saw it when he was a crow. <laughs> I'm better than you. I said, that's a sexy crow. I said, wow, something about that crow makes me feel like I can do anything. <laughs> He's dangerous, but not in a way that scares me. <laughs> she says, I'd never let myself notice till then. Obviously, I knew he was attractive, but I didn't want to see him that way. Alert compels her and he says, you went down the stairs and no one was there. He's getting sick of this. He's like, how many fucking memories do I have to go through? He's like, yeah, you were embarrassed. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, and you peed your pants in front of everyone. Yeah, you add extra pipe to yeah. it. Not only was there no one at the bottom of the stairs, you fell down them. And then you tried to do the dance, but you were hobbling and everybody laughed. And everybody laughed. <laughs> and people still call you Trip to this day. Yeah, people call you Trip Fell. <laughs> Alana says, I was embarrassed, but I got over it. 
And Alexis, says, okay, who was Damon Salvatore? He's like, that one's got to be it. <laughs> and she says, my boyfriend, I loved him and he died. And then she says, Alaric, I hate this. I mean, how much longer is it going to take? Alaric says, until we find that signature moment, the moment you knew you loved him. And Alina says, oh, <laughs> that's easy. It was after I found out about the Sire Bond. Everyone kept telling me my feelings weren't real, but I knew they were. So Alert compels her and says, okay, your feelings were because of the sire bond. And then he says, who is Damon Salvatore? And she says, my boyfriend. He says, that's not it. Got to dig deeper. <laughs> he says earlier. And she says, okay, um, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was the night we spent at the motel together. I wasn't back together with Stefan yet. And I remember I was laying in bed with him and all I could think about was kissing him. And we see a flashback as if we could forget. And I, and I was like, oh, it was earlier than that, Queen. Yeah. Like, you kissed him that night, so you definitely knew before then. Yeah. She says, I wanted to kiss him so badly. And Rick compels her and he says, nobody kissed anyone. <laughs> He's over it today. <laughs> he says, who is Damon Salvatore? And she says, my boyfriend. And he says, my that's... boyfriend. <laughs> he says, that's not it. Next. And she says, I don't know, Rick. And he says, okay, well, think about it, Elena. Think about that moment where you knew this person was someone you have feelings for, that you loved, and that you could see those feelings going on forever. Trust me, you never forget it. And she said, well, I didn't. I'm just lying right now. She says, the thing is, I know the moment I'm lying to you. <laughs> lying to myself, to be fair as well. Yeah. But more to you. <laughs> she says, maybe we should just forget it, okay? Let's forget about this entire thing. It was a stupid idea. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Sorry. She leaves. It was a stupid idea. Y'all shouldn't push this any further. Just undo this and say, she tried her best. Now let's go through grief like a normal person. Yeah. We go back to 1994 Mystic Falls. We see the solar eclipse again. Damon is cooking pancakes. And also it says like two months ago. So at this point, they've been here for two months. Mm -hmm. Bonnie says, what's a seven letter word for kill me now? And Damon says, that joke got old six weeks ago. And she says, so did this crossword puzzle. She says, every day for two months, I've done this stupid thing, and I still can't figure out 27 across. She reads the clue. Old tongue twister, Eddie turned top 40. The answer is yellow lead better. It's the name of the episode, but we'll get there when we get there. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, and I hate pancakes. And Damon says, don't take it out on the pancakes. Those pancakes, like myself, are waiting for you to be witchy and get us the hell out of here. And she says, you know I've been trying. And he says, and failing. Further evidence, we're in hell. Not only am I stuck with you, I'm stuck with the useless version of you. Damon, you're being useless too. At least she can maybe do a spell. All you do every day is make pancakes and drink. At least there's a useful and useless version of Bonnie. There's not a useful version of Damon. Yeah. Bonnie hears something and she says, did you hear that? And Damon says, what would I have heard? We're the only two people here. We were the only two people here two months ago and we're the only two people here now. And Bonnie says, well, I swear I heard something. Damon says, maybe it's the sound of existential despair. I hear that's what hell sounds like. And Bonnie says, you think we're trapped in your hell? I have to spend every day on repeat with the person I like least on this earth. Maybe we're trapped in mine. And she leaves. Which, fair enough. I mean, it's a toss-up. Yeah. We go back over to Stefan's house. Stefan opens some more wine. That'll calm the situation, buddy. Yeah. Let's get everybody drunker. <laughs> Enzo says, so, Stefan, tell us. This house, very charming. When did you get it? And Stefan says, oh, about a month or so ago. And Ivy says, no, more than that, remember? We met two months ago and you already had it. And Stefan is like, shut up. He said, who asked you, bitch? Yeah, he said, I didn't even want to invite you for dinner. I just <laughs> felt bad that you cooked like the world's largest breakfast this morning. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing here? Caroline says, you've lived here for more than two months. And Stefan says, yeah, I guess I have. 
So he gave up on his search for Damon two months in. Buddy, you were in a safe drowning for longer than that. Yeah. Stefan, can you imagine if they gave up on looking for you? I guess they didn't know he was missing. To be fair, they never started looking for him. Yeah, they didn't really. But if they had known he was gone, they would have. As soon as they started, they found him in like a week, though. But that's the thing. It's like two months feels like pretty short. Now, and don't get me wrong. I can't begin to imagine the grief of losing a sibling. But I do think I would be trying longer than two months to do something about it if I lived in a supernatural world. And don't get me wrong. I think this is so interesting because, I mean, we know that Damon and Bonnie are main characters and we're seeing them. So, like, as a viewer, we're pretty sure they're coming back. But, like, in real life, it would not be totally crazy for Stefan to say, I had to accept that they died and move on. Yeah, Like, moving away to Savannah is an, its own problem, which I think is the real issue. It would not be crazy in real life for Stefan to be like, I have to accept that my brother is dead at some point. Yeah. Two months seems early in a supernatural setting, but it's not a crazy thing to do. Caroline says, well, I guess that's just weird because everyone thought you were living somewhere else and your job was supposed to be investigative work, not auto repair. And Stefan says, well, I've moved on from that job. And Caroline says, well, you can't move on from investigative work until you've solved the investigation, Stefan. <laughs> Again, if I'm Ivy, I'm like, he's a cop. Please tell me you're not a cop. Please <laughs> tell me I didn't have sex with a cop. <laughs> Stefan says, you know what? How about we just drop it? I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. And that's all that should really matter, right? No, actually, your happiness means almost nothing to me at this point. I'm glad you're happy, but you owe a little bit to your friends. Mm-hmm. You owe a lot to your friends, actually, and, specifically Caroline. Yeah, it's one thing to want to move on. It's one thing to leave all your friends in the dust while you do that. Mm-hmm. He knows that's the real issue. Caroline is about to say something else, but Enzo says, hey, there, there, darling. No need to make a scene. Really, it's all probably just some big misunderstanding. Perhaps this will clear it all up. He stabs Stefan's hand with a fork. Ivy freaks the fuck out for obvious reasons. <laughs> and Caroline says, Enzo. And Stefan says, what the hell is wrong with you? And there's just so many secrets. What are you running from, Stefan? And see, at this point, if I'm Ivy, I'm like, well, I'm going to go. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell anyone about this. I'm just going to go see a movie. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to keep this to myself, but I, I won't be sticking around anymore. Yeah, but Stefan, uh, you're not worth this. Ivy says, oh, I don't. <laughs> Caroline compels her and says, calm down. Come with me. Let's go upstairs. She takes Ivy and then she turns to Enzo and says, no need to make a scene. And they go. <laughs> Because she's like, oh, you can make a scene, but I can't. Enzo says, what kind of coward gives up on his own brother? And Stefan says, you don't know what you're talking about. Actually, he sort of does. I mean, he knows about not giving up on people. You can say a lot of things about Enzo, but you can't say he doesn't know about that. Yeah. Stefan tries to vampire run, but Enzo gets him. They fight. Enzo stabs Stefan in the neck and says, why don't you enlighten me? Stefan throws Enzo onto the table. Enzo hits Stefan against, like, the frames on the wall. And Stefan headbutts and punches him, and then Stefan snaps Enzo's neck. And it's like, okay, unnecessary. On the stairs, Caroline gets a call, and she says, hey, this is really not a good time. It's Alaric. And Alaric says, I'm really sorry. I just hit a wall with Elena, and I need some insight. And Caroline's like, okay, well, I can talk about this. I, I can be kind of helpful, at least. Yeah. She says, okay, what's the wall? And Rick says, I'm trying to get her to figure out when she first fell in love with Damon, but she can't seem to get there. And Caroline says, well, yeah, because she doesn't want to admit what everyone else knows. She fell in love with Damon when she was still with Stefan. No fucking dove. Yeah, no dove. But Caroline drops this so fast. (laughs) Like, well, like with no product. She's like, oh, I get it. No, I see what the issue is immediately. 
So I know what the problem is. Stefan has overheard this comment. And at first it looks like he's going to be upset about it, which is just funny because like if he didn't realize that by this point, I don't know what to tell him. If I were Caroline, I'd be like, oh, see what happens when you don't care about your friends. Yeah. So Stefan is cleaning up and he points Caroline to Enzo and he says, you know, you should probably get him out of here. He'll be up soon and I really don't want another go around. Caroline says, look, I'm sorry that you heard what I said. And he says, it's fine, Caroline. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that's something you definitely are good at doing is yeah. not caring. One thing about Stefan, he he degaff. <laughs> I think he gaff. Yeah, I, I think he gaff <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> Caroline says, why? Why don't you care? You were the one who always cared. It's what I liked about you. Amidst all the crazy in our perfectly messed up lives, you cared more than anyone. So how could you just stop? He's like, well, I'm uh, I'm pushing all the feelings deep, deep down inside to some boxes that I don't intend on opening. And that should work flawlessly based on my calculations. That won't ever come back to bite me. He says, one thing about me, I'm just, I'm in denial, actually. Yeah. He says, because I had to. I had to move on. You know, the months before I moved here, I was following every lead a lyric sent my way. I spoke to every witch, shaman, psychic in 20 countries around the globe. And every lead was a dead end. Two months. So what, you followed like eight leads? I know, let's be totally completely honest. And Caroline says, but Enzo has another lead. There's this coven in Oregon. And Stefan says, the Gemini coven. Yeah, I looked into them too, Caroline. There was nothing there. That's interesting. Do you still think the Gemini coven is someone we'll meet? Or do you think there is truly nothing there? I think it's still someone we'll meet. I think there's just as good of a chance that this was like the last lead he looked into and phoned it in a little bit. That's a great point. Stefan says, there's nothing we can do. Damon and Bonnie are dead. I had to come to terms with that. And once I did, I had to start over. I couldn't just live my old life with my old friends. I couldn't go near Mystic Falls or Elena or, and she says, or me, because I thought we were closer than that. She's like, I understand it's hard to be with Elena because like Elena also lost Damon. It's like, what else are you guys going to be able to talk about? But like, you can't just leave your whole life behind and think there's not going to be any repercussions to that. Well, yeah, he's acting like, you know, he's like, oh, I had to move on. And in order to move on, I had to like start over. You didn't have to do that. You people have lost people before and you don't have to start over. You can move on with the support system that you already have. Yeah, but he's not facing the deep guilt he has for not being able to save his brother. And he doesn't want to face his other friends. And he certainly doesn't want to face Elena because he feels responsible. Caroline says, I mean, couldn't you hear that in all those messages that I left you? Couldn't you hear that I was completely falling apart without you? He says nothing. Yeah. Because he doesn't know if the truth will make it better or worse. Yeah, he's like, I don't know which of these is less hurtful to believe. So she realizes. She says, you never listen to them. And he says, I had to move on. I didn't have a choice. I had to erase everything. You had a choice. Yeah. And you made the wrong one. I mean, he's obviously clearly in like denial because obviously he hasn't, Again, I do think like it would be normal in circumstances like these to move on. But clearly he's not moving on. He's just running away. And he's like trying to convince himself it's moving on. He's hiding everything. He's like, if if I can't see it, then I won't think about it. Then I won't have to face it. Yeah. Which famously always works. Yeah. Real solid, solid strategy. Yeah. She says, well, let me summarize my messages for you. You're a dick. And if you want Enzo out of your house, throw him out yourself. She goes. Yeah, she's like, I'm not fucking carrying someone out of your house. Yeah. Like, you can you can fight him again until he comes out to the car. I can play Candy Crush. 
Yeah, I've got a fully charged phone. <laughs> we go back over to Whitmore. Elena is in her dorm. She's already unpacking her Damon box. So she's given up. Yeah. Try And she leaves a voicemail for Luke. And she says, hey, Luke, where are you? I need more of those drugs like right now. I'm trying to go. And then she sees Rick's there. So she hangs up. Now, Elena, what about last episode makes you think Luke is bringing you any more of those? Yeah. Luke screened that call, mama. <laughs> he, he saw what time you were calling and he was like, oh, no, I'm not answering that. Yeah. That's not my thing today. <laughs> Elena says, I don't want to hear it, Rick. We tried. It didn't work. It's over. And Alaric says it didn't work because you weren't being honest. And she says, are you crazy? How how rude. (laughs) I was being completely honest. Do you think I want to talk to you about my romantic life? Alaric says, no, you weren't being honest with yourself. I want to hear all the Damon stuff while you were still with Stefan. And she says, well, I never. I How dare you? What exactly are you implying? It's like, Elena, I know you don't want that to be what happened, but like, and I know the sire bond was part of it, okay? But you did sleep with him the day after you broke up with Stefan. So the concerns about the overlap are not coming out of nowhere. Well, and also, girl, like, all of your friends went on to support your relationship with Damon, including Stefan. Like, at this point, everyone's accepted that it was for the best that you switched brothers. But don't act like you weren't, like, playing both sides a little bit there. Yeah. She says, I was completely faithful to Stefan. And Alaric says, of course you were. He's like, sure, technically. Yeah, technically, yeah. You didn't hook up with Damon while you were with Stefan. But again, you did do it, like, the day you broke up with him. So it's kind of like... It's like, like, sure. You were faithful if we're going by the exact textbook definition. But I think we all understand there's some gray area there. Yeah, it's just like on Euphoria when Cassie's like, you guys already broken up. And it's like, yeah, but that's that misses the principle of it. Or Vanderpump Rules where Raquel's like, oh, you guys are divorced. And it's like, okay, that's not really the reason that we're mad at you. But okay. Yeah, it's like, sure, like your timelines line up and that's fine. And again, you know, it's a complicated relationship. Everyone is fine with it. But like, girl, don't act like you didn't have any feelings overlapping. I don't blame you. It's fine because Damon's your true love. You had to go through it for that. You had to learn who you were with Stefan, whatever. It's all kosher. It's all good. Everyone's together with it. But let's let's be honest with ourselves, at least, Mama. Yeah. Because everybody else already knows. So you're only hiding it from your own mind right now. Mm-hmm. Elena says, I did everything. I stuck with him even when he lost his humanity. After he left a trail of bodies from Florida to Virginia, I fought for him. Alaric says, I know you did, Elena. You don't want to admit it because you feel like you're betraying Stefan, but this will not work until you do. And Elena says, I loved Stefan the entire time. I never would have hurt him. And Alaric says, okay. He says, sure, you did love Stefan the entire time, but you also loved Damon a good chunk of that time. Yeah. Alaric says, Elena, you have been lucky enough to love two people this deeply in your young life. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Elena is crying and she says, it's okay to love them both. That's what Catherine used to say. How sad is it that my own evil doppelganger was smarter than me? That's not news. That's not news to anyone. Alaric does not say shit to this because he's like, I thought we all kind of knew that. I I thought you knew you were like the good one and she was yeah. like the cunning smart one. Like, Yeah, he's like, Elena, you have so many great qualities, but you're not smarter than Catherine. <laughs> yeah, your whole thing is your humanity, but you got outsmarted by Catherine most of the time. Yeah. Even when Catherine was literally 
at death's door she outsmarted you yeah let's all look back on our actions with a little bit of self-awareness smarts aren't everything smarts aren't everything and elena you've never been the smartest one in the group i mean of the three girls you're the dumbest and that's okay and that's not that's not a bad thing but it just is what it is but it is a fact alaric sits with elena and he says it's okay elena you can tell me tell me the moment you knew you loved him and she says it was my birthday by the way, this is season three, episode one. Mm-hmm. I, this is also fun on a rewatch to know that that is when the relationship turning point started, you know? While she's telling this story, we see in 1994 Mystic Balls, Damon is bouncing a ball against a wall while Elena narrates. He'll do mm-hmm. more in a second. Trust me, I brought that up for a reason. <laughs> yeah, just know that he's there. Elena says, Damon and I spent the entire summer looking for Stefan, and I was trying to put on a good face because Caroline was throwing this party for me, but I was so sad. Then we see a flashback to the memory in question. It was her birthday where she's wearing that super slay and iconic white dress. Yeah, her 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. She turned 18 and I said, I'm done with that childish shit like being into Stefan. Yeah. (laughs) Time to find an adult woman's boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. She narrates, I was two seconds from deciding that I wasn't going to go, that I wasn't going to leave the room until Damon walked in to give me my birthday gift. In 1994 Mystic Falls, Damon is looking at Stefan's room. In the flashback, we can see Damon standing in the doorway for the birthday. And the framing in these two shots matches that Damon's Mm -hmm. in the doorway in 1994. He's in the doorway in the birthday. You guys get it. At Elena's dorm, Elena says, it was the necklace Stefan had given me. I'd lost it. And Damon knew what the necklace meant to me what it meant about my feelings for Stefan. Even though he loved me, he gave me the one thing that represented hope for me and his brother. I knew how much it hurt him, but he did it. In 1994, Mystic Falls, Damon finds the necklace in question. This was Elena's famous necklace for a long time. She hasn't worn it since she's been a vampire. Because she gave it back to Rebecca, who famously it belongs to. Yes, I was going to (laughs) say, mind you, this is Rebecca's necklace that Stefan stole off the ground. Yeah. So in the dorm, Elena says... It was the most selfless that he's ever been. And in that moment, I loved him. I didn't want to. It terrified me. But for that moment, I loved him. And then she says, okay, Rick, do it. I'm ready. She said, great. Now that we found that, let's clear that one out too. Now that I had fun reminiscing on this memory, let's get it out of here. Yeah. Alaric says, I need you to be sure. Are you sure? And she says, yes, I'm sure. Take it away, please. Alaric compels her. He says... Damon never came into the room. He never gave you the necklace. The party was miserable and you spent the rest of the night at the house watching movies and eating popcorn with Jeremy. And then we see quick flashbacks. So we know it worked. And the first thing we see, season two, episode one, Damon killing Jeremy. And you're like, aren't we over this yet? (laughs) I think we're all past this. It was one time. He's literally died like three more times since then. Like In present day, Elena says, Jeremy. Damon killed Jeremy. He snapped his neck right in front of me. And Alaric says, Elena, who is Damon Salvatore? And Elena says, he's Stefan's brother. He was a monster. And then he died. So we know it worked. Now here's something I'll say, though. I know she she got everybody on the page to follow along with this. You know who she didn't get on that page? Luke, who she just called asking for these drugs. (laughs) I was going to say, how long do you think... She gets to live in ignorant bliss. Who do you think will, like, spoil this? Do you think it will be Luke? I think it's more likely that Damon himself will be spoiling this. But she knows who Damon is. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. She could see Damon and be like, oh, I know you, sociopath. Like, who do you think is going to be the first person to say, like, Elena, you were in love with Damon, by the way? 
And when do you think they'll say it? I think she's got a couple episodes of Fliss because I do think she's going to go on a date with Eyebrows from the last episode. (laughs) Eyebrows, the guy whose name we still don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it won't last long. I would say max three episodes. Okay, and who's going to spoil it? I think Luke or I think if Stefan gets his head out of his ass, I think potentially Enzo could too because Enzo's like, no, nobody's giving up on Damon. Not a single one of you is giving up on Damon in this room, okay? He said, nobody's giving up on my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I was in a fucking cage and I didn't give up on Maggie, who my best friend killed, and I'm still not giving up on him. So you guys have no excuse. Yeah. We go out to the car outside of Stefan's house. Caroline is in the front seat crying, and she gets a call from Elena. Caroline pulls it together and answers, but she still sounds like she's been crying. She says, hey, Elena says, hey, you put on some party clothes and come to Whitmore. Tyler's coming over and we're going out. It's like, bitch, listen. And it's also so funny because this means that before she sat down and got all her memories compelled away today, she called Tyler and said, A, will you be okay with this? And B, will you take me out tonight? Once I'm ready to party, I feel like I'll be ready, ready. I'm going to want to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Caroline says, you sound good. And Elena says, I am good. I ditched all my classes and hung out with Rick. We talked about Bonnie. I had a good cry. And I really feel like things are taking a turn for the better. Now get your ass down here and let's have some fun. So this is a Lyric's compulsion. He compelled her basically to think that they just hung out all day, talked about Bonnie, and she's good now. And she just had one good cry. And now the grief is all solid. And as someone who has experienced grief, she knows famously that that's how it works. All you have to do is cry one time and then you're through. Yeah. So it's crazy. I didn't even have to burn down a house this time. (laughs) I'm good at it. (laughs) Caroline says, how about I come and sneak into the dorms and spend the night later for old time's sake? And Elena says, sounds perfect. I love you. Caroline says, I love you too. And she hangs up. Enzo comes into the passenger seat and Caroline turns her crying face away because she doesn't want to open that can of worms. And Enzo says, well, that was a bit of a bust. (laughs) (laughs) But then he notices that she's crying and he says, BRB. He's so sexy and kinging. He is so king. We go back into Stefan's house. Stefan is cleaning up the broken table. (laughs) And Ivy says, hey, did your friends leave? Whoa, what happened? And he says, "Uh, my friend is a bad drunk. And I'm watching this and I'm like, Ivy, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Ivy says, yikes. Well, at least your friend Caroline seemed nice. And Stefan says, yeah, don't even get me started on her. He says, I'm going to throw this out. He goes out to the back to bring some wood out. He comes back in, and in the three seconds that took, Enzo has Ivy by the neck. And Stefan says, let her go. And Enzo says, okay. Then he snaps her neck and drops her. I mean, we knew Ivy wasn't long for this world. I thought Stefan was going to kill her, but this works. Do you think Ivy is dead for good? Yeah. Gotta ask. It would be one thing if I felt like Stefan was, like, healing her for shit. Although, oh, no, never mind. Like, I don't think there's any way vampire blood is in in her system. For a second, I forgot that uh, Stefan was who... Enzo stabbed with the fork. I was like, well, they had to heal her from the fork thing. No, she just saw the fork thing. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan Vampire runs to fight Enzo. Enzo pushes him down and says, you know, I've got a girl out there crying over you because she cares so much. And I'm in here trying to figure out why. Because I can't see what's worth caring about. Oh, he got his ass so good. He got him so bad. He says, you know, Damon once told me that he promised you an eternity of misery. And I remember thinking, what could his brother have ever done to inspire so much hatred? But now I get it. You're not a brother to him. Brothers don't give up. So every time I see you doing anything that makes it look like you've done so, every time you try to start over in a life that's nothing but a lie, I will make you pay. 
I will be the one to bring you the misery you deserve. He is kinging. He said, no, you're not going to be fucking happy, bitch. Enzo said, you want to give up on your brother? You're going to be tortured for it. He said, if you hate your brother so much, guess what? You're going to have a bad life. (laughs) I will personally make sure of it. Stefan jumps at him, but Enzo snaps Stefan's neck and says, see, we're all still neck people. And he goes. Enzo ate his ass alive. Enzo was being so hot and sexy. Stefan and Enzo were having a sexy off and Enzo wiped the floor. And it was a landslide for Enzo. (laughs) We go over to the Lockwood house. Jeremy calls Bonnie's voicemail. So now we see that Jeremy actually does care about things. He's just also grieving. Yawn alert. Of of course he is. Why else would he be drinking all day? Yeah. Like, we got it. He says, hey, it's me. I paid your phone bill again. Your mom said I could. I think she felt sorry for me or something. Or maybe she wants to hear the sound of your voice too. What do I know? I'm so pissed at you, Bonnie. Yeah, still, you told me that you were going to die over the phone. So you kind of deserve me railing at you on voicemails you're never going to get. Guess I'll call you and yell at you again tomorrow. Okay, bye. And he hangs up. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) He comes inside and Matt appears and Jeremy goes, ah, you scared me. Matt says, hey, we got a little problem. Sarah's shady. The plates on her car are stolen. She's got to go. Don't get me wrong. I buy that she's shady. I don't trust her. But the plates on the car being stolen are not like enough to necessarily cut off contact with her quite yet. So Matt's being a little dramatic, although I think he will end up being right. I think Matt was right that they should cut off contact after Elena attacked her, regardless. Yeah. And then the plates being stolen, it's just like, why do we want to get involved with this girl? At this point, the worst case scenario we can think of is she's probably going to rob the house. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Matt has his own money tied up at this house, but it's like altogether, she just shouldn't stay here. Well, yeah, she definitely shouldn't stay at their house. But it might be good to keep tabs on her. Yeah. But Jeremy says, what are you, Deputy Dewey? Which (laughs) it seems like it's a scream joke. It's got to be a scream joke. I know Kevin Williamson dropped that in. Jeremy says, how do you know that? And Sarah appears. and She says, it doesn't matter how he knows it. He's right. Girl, at least deny it. (laughs) Just say it's my dad's car. I guess you can't say dad. Just say like. Like, it's my brother's car. He reported me. It's stolen because he's pissed at me or something. Yeah, that's easy. Whatever, lie. Or just say, that's crazy. My boyfriend gave me this car. Or say, like, I borrowed it from a friend. Like, it's not registered to me, but it's not stolen. Yeah. But she says, I stole it from my old boss. He had wandering hands, so I wandered my hands to his car keys. You buy this? No. Matt says, no offense, but you got to find someplace else to stay. And she says, totally get it. Fair enough. I appreciate you guys helping me. I really do. It's okay, because I have family here, sort of. I mean, I haven't met him, but my dad supposedly lives here. It's not like he's going to let me sleep on the street, right? So I have to ask, who is her dad? So I did make a list of founding family names, because I feel like I have to keep in the founding family track, just because also, what other name would we know? So I'll just go through the list of founding families, and then I'll kind of talk through my thought process for each of them. Sure, please do. So Bennett... I mean, I think we have to float the possibility of Bennett. I don't really believe it so much. It's probably unlikely that it's Fell because we get another Fell reveal later. Forbes, I doubt. Gilbert shouldn't be true because she maybe had sex with Jeremy. (laughs) So I think what we're really between the two is Salvatore and Lockwood. Okay. I lean Salvatore because she says my dad supposedly lives here. She probably hasn't talked to her dad in a while. It could be a dad that died in the last few years. I believe Salvatore more that it's like maybe Uncle Zach maybe someone else. I'm leaning Salvatore. So you think her dad is maybe Uncle Zach? Yeah. Even though he lived by himself in this house? Doesn't take that much time to 
make a baby. I guess I should ask, do you think he knew he had a daughter? I think she says she's never met her dad. I think it's like a biological father and she was adopted. I okay. should specify. So do you think that he knew he had a child? I think whoever it is probably doesn't know or like if they do, they like gave them up for adoption. I do think, I mean, I was thinking the Gilbert possibility because we know the Gilberts have no problem moving babies around, but I would hope that she didn't sleep with Jeremy with that knowledge. Well, there is a possibility also of a secret love child that was specifically hidden. For example, Lockwood is your other theory. Mm -hmm. It would behoove Mayor Lockwood to not have an illegitimate baby. Yeah. Or, you know, the Bennets, Abby's abandoning kids left and right. Let's be totally honest. <laughs> like, I think Bennett is like the third most likely. But I think if it was if she was looking for her dad, it's unlikely she would have planned to find Rudy in Mystic Falls because he wasn't in Mystic Falls for so much of the time. Sure. Um, That's also how you're getting to founding families because, you know, they're in Mystic Falls all the time. Yeah. And I do think the Lockwood possibility does stick out because she does kind of give us that like season two werewolf girl vibe in a way. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going between Salvatore and Lockwood, I'm, but I'm leaning Salvatore. Do you think she knows who her mom is? Do you think we'll figure out who her mom is, even though the father seems to be the bigger concern here? I think we'll find out the mom as well, but I don't think she necessarily knows. Or it could be that it's this love child situation. The mom got sent away to be like, look, you can have this baby, but you can't have it here. And then maybe this mom died or something that made her be like, I need to search out my dad. Or that, you know, she got old enough and it was like, I need to find my biological father or whatever. All the... Mm -hmm classic things do you think this girl has been living with her mom living with a foster family living with adopted parents where do you think sarah has come from i would guess foster family or adopted parents more than mother okay and she's told us she's from new york by the way does that say anything to you i don't think so so jeremy says matt at least let her stay till she finds her dad and matt says seriously jer i'm on the community protection committee and she's a car thief don't worry king the committee's fake Breaking. that doesn't mean shit it's okay you're not gonna get fired from a job that doesn't pay you yeah also because let's be honest you seem to be the second in command of this committee so if you're one of their best let's be realistic about what this committee needs and clearly the committee that you're on is a front for trips other actions yeah but we'll get to that jeremy says all right fine we can go stay at stefan's and damon's no one's there and Matt says, you can't leave. I told Elena I'd watch out for you. And Jeremy says, it's not like she can do anything about it. He takes Sarah's hand and they go. And so we'll see how Sarah reacts to the Salvatore house is all I'm saying. You think she knows what it looks like? I think she, I, I think there's a name somewhere is more than, more than anything. That's a good question. Do you think she knows the name of her father? Or do you think she has like a picture of him, a letter? Like what clue do you think she has about her father, if anything? I think she knows the name. Okay. Why didn't she say it here? Because they didn't ask. If I was her, I'd be like, I know his name, by the way. You guys know him. Clearly, you guys are like fixtures of the town. Don't you think it would have come up with Jeremy if she knew the name? I think she's choosing not to tell them. Why? Not sure. Because she's shady. Yeah, because she's shady. That's pretty much it. We go into Tripp's van. Tripp is driving the van. We saw him in a Jeep earlier. And once we get to this van, it's clear that it is not the Jeep. Red flag number one. Yeah, it looks like a high, like a heavy duty van also. And we see behind his head like a little door. Uh, and I was reading into that immediately. Matt is on the phone with Trip. Trip says, that's probably another lie, but I'll look into it. Thanks, Matt. And Matt says, look, Jeremy's a good kid. He's just going through some stuff. 
And Tripp says, oh, yeah, I know all about him. I grew up with his dad. Another fucking friend of Grayson Gilbert's. He really keeps just the scum of the earth in his circle. Says a lot about Grayson. One thing about me, you know I think Grayson sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you've been on the anti-Grayson train. Yeah, I've, I've been there for a long, long time, and I've never <laughs> been proven wrong, so. Yeah. Matt says, wait, you're from Mystic Falls? And Tripp says, born and raised till my parents split. I think that's why I'm such a geek about this town. My family were such big supporters. One of the founding families, actually. And it's like, oh, here we go. Oh, brother. It's like, oh, good. We're back to the founding families. I thought all you died. Matt says, which family? <laughs> he says, the Fells. Another damn Fell. It's like I told you, like, whenever they want to have a new founding family member, it's always a fucking Fell. We haven't needed a new founding family member in so long. Yeah. Like, I think you made me guess his last name and Fell did not even cross my mind once. I'm so serious. Like, I just forgot about them. And in all seriousness, why would you? Because again, it makes his name Trip Fell. That's yeah. so ridiculous. Even if I had said Fell, I'd be like, there's no way they would have named him Trip if his last name is Fell. Yeah, if you had said Fell, I would have said, you think his name is Trip Fell? And I would have been like, mm, never mind. <laughs> says, I'm Thomas Vincent Fell III, to be exact. My dad called me Trip because I was such a clumsy kid. I took my mom's maiden name when he bailed. Can you imagine Trip Fell? So he goes by Trip Cook because it's his mom's maiden name. And his dad called him Trip because he didn't want his name to be Trip Fell. But mind you, his name is Trip Fell. You have to laugh. That is funny. His dad hated his ass there are comedy shows that aren't writing jokes anywhere near that i yeah. mean <laughs> we've said this for a long time julie pleck takes big swings on names and i love it yeah. this is such an interesting new take on a big swing because yeah. she said no this one's gonna sound like a joke i'm gonna play around a little i'm being funny this tells us so much about this character too mm -hmm. because he's kind of hot john gilbert because yeah. he's like technically a founding family member but it's like you are taking this all pretty seriously i know all the founding family members do but like did you not hear about the the big fire what's funny about him as a founding family member is yes he got called trip fell and that doesn't go together but he changed his last name he didn't change his first name from the nickname john gilbert would never get rid of the name gilbert even if somehow his first name got changed to gil he would have changed his first name like mm -hmm. so it's interesting that trip changed his last name yeah. I don't know what that means. But I'm well, just it flagging. seems like he went to go live with his mom. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing about the Fells, too, is between Logan Fell, Meredith Fell, Tina Fell, the girl who was in Mystic Falls. Tina Fell. Miss Mystic Falls. Like, all these Fells, it's so unclear how they're all related to each other. Like, we can't assume they're all siblings. We have to assume, like, some of them are cousins. Yeah. But that's what's so funny about, like, the Fell family is like you can't really track the relations. They're called the, the Fell family because another baby fell out. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt says, so if you're from a founding family, that means you know all the stuff that goes along with it then, right? But famously, Matt is not from a founding family. So Trip, yeah. like a true founding family member, says, I'm not talking to you, loser. He says, I'm not telling you a broke ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who'd let you into the Lockwood house, but it wasn't me. Trip says, oh, is there a secret handshake I never got taught? <laughs> I gotta go. But I'll see you later for training, all right? What are they training for? And Matt says, yeah, sure, and hangs up. It's funny because he has to go because all the people in his trunk are about to scream. Yeah. And he's on speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so they hang up. Trip opens the little window in the compartment. There are people chained up and struggling. We can see fangs, so we know I think they're all vampires. Yeah. 
There's one thing that looked a little more like a werewolf, but I don't think that meant anything. I think they're all just vampires. Yeah, exactly. And Trip says, any final words? They don't say anything. They're like, we're literally gagged. Yeah. Like, literally, not like gagged. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, <laughs> literally gagged. <laughs> they're literally gagged. Not literally <laughs> gagged. <laughs> like, no, I'm gagged, honestly. <laughs> Trip, I'm gagged. Your name is Trip Fell? <laughs> I'm gagged. <laughs> he drives the van over the border. They all start to die, cough up blood and stuff. Mind you, everybody hurts is playing. Well, everybody hurts. Blasted. He opens the roof shade so the sun can come in and catch them all on fire. And then he closes his little door and he turns up the music. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. He said, this is my song. So this is interesting. So Tripp's clearly up to something other than being a menace to the police department. He's yet another vampire hunter in town. Who really lucked into this information, it appears. Yeah. So do you think the community protection force, do you think he's attempting to make them like a vampire hunting squad? Or do you think he's the only vampire hunter? Like he wants all the glory. I think he's the only vampire hunter, but I think he wants people trained in case the spell goes away. I think he's probably been like aware of vampires, maybe hunting vampires for a while and somehow figured out about this spell and was like, oh, great. So I can come back to Mystic Falls yeah, and I can use this. But he understands enough about magic that it's like, you know, this may not last forever. So mm-hmm. I want to I want the town prepared. I mean, I will say, you know. As much as I'm going to make fun of Trip, probably for his entire run on the show, this is kind of the smartest vampire hunting we've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. Really efficient. Really easy. Like, all you got to do is chain them up. You get some vervain in them, you chain them up. You can kill like eight at a time. I mean, sweet deal. Do you think before Trip is done here, he will kill any of our heroes? No. I, I think that's a fair question, but I don't think he's going to get to that. Because I do think, you know, I've said it before that this anti-magic spell will get undone somehow or another yeah and without that i think he will have trouble killing them and i think especially because it's this community protection squad i'm guessing he's just training them for now because he has no reason to tell them about vampires yeah assuming none of them know because you know he hasn't been in mystic falls for a while it appears yeah and he hasn't been there with vampires so he probably isn't aware that you know matt knows these things yeah We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Damon and Bonnie sit down for dinner. They are having soup. There's kind of an awkward silence because, you know, they've kind of gotten in a fight earlier today. Bonnie says, I miss them too, you know. And he nods. And then he looks at the paper and he says, oh my God, look who got 27 across. And Bonnie says, I wish. 27 across is a rock. I am pushing up an endless mountain. And Damon says, "Mm, an old tongue twister. Eddie turned top 40. Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam, yellow lead better. Good work. She looks and she says, are you messing with me? And he says, no, are you messing with me? And she says, I didn't finish this. And he says, well, neither did I. And she says, there is someone else here. And that's where we end the episode. So do you think there is someone else here? And if so, who? I think there probably is. Because I think if there's any other like sleepwalking, whatever, lore, that just gets too complicated. I think the most likely candidate for someone who is here is someone who was still on the other side when this happened. Although we know like Bonnie was holding Damon's hand, but it may be like, you know, there weren't that many left at the time this 
came. I'm under the impression that Bonnie will be able to practice magic again and that will kind of help them get out of here. Mm -hmm. That being said, it wouldn't hurt to have another witch around to help her for this. Uh, So I'm going to swing big and I'm going to bring up Ketsia. You think Ketsia is here? Yeah. Do you think that this place was created when the other side collapsed or like just before the other side collapsed? Or do you think it's been here longer than that? And they just happened to be dropped in when the other side collapsed? I think there is a question about like the day that was picked that could say like maybe it was created as a result of this eclipse for some reason. And that's why it's stuck on that day. I mean, it could also be that Graham's picked a day specifically, but I think it's more likely that it's like, you know, a magical day and that's why she picked it. And it just happens to coincide with something in Damon's life. So do you think Graham's built this place? I think it's likely she built it, but it's possible she just knew about it or knew that there were like, that there was a way to kind of send people back to one specific day or something like that. And then she picked the day from there. But I do think she's the one who picked the time. So do you think there are other places like this that are tied to major astrological celestial events. And Graham's just decided to pick one in 1994 where there was a solar eclipse, but she could have picked like the comet or she could have picked something else. Do you think it's a lot of these? Do you think it's all tied to celestial events? I guess I'm saying. I don't think there are very many of them. How many do you think there are? I think it's more likely that this is the only one, but I would I would venture up to five. Do you think we will see any others? No. Okay. But I don't feel good about that. Okay. If there's only up to five. Well, I guess what I'm trying to ask is what made this day so significant that someone created a separate dimension specifically on this day? Is it just the solar eclipse? I think the solar eclipse is certainly part of it. But it could be that a big, you know, spell took place this day or some big, some big supernatural event. I, I think it's probably connected somehow to the Bennett Witch line. And that is part of my reason for guessing Ketsia, because we know Ketsia is Bonnie's ancestor. And I think this realm has something to do with Bennett witches. I mean, we know that there are times when there are big like witch deaths and sacrifices that bring a lot of power. And that may have been something that like Damon got involved in some witch drama on that day. Like how this day interacts with Damon is unclear because he clearly has a connection to it. That's another question. Maybe Damon killed like a whole bunch of Bennett witches. Or, you know... I mean, I'm sure we could look up Bonnie's birthday, but we can guess that Bonnie's also in 1992. So Bonnie's like two years old. There may be something in the Bennett line that happened. We do know Abby lost her magic when she locked Michael up. And I can't remember exactly when that was, but I think the timeline could potentially match with when Abby lost her magic. Maybe that loss of magic in the Bennett line could have been a, a disruption. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.